Hello and welcome. You're listening to Dad's Gaming Corner, a podcast of conversations between dads and their kids about games, movies, and everything in between. I am your host, Michael Masick, and with me is my son, Jaden. Hello. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. That actually worked out better. The first time we uh, started the show, I uh, fumbled a little bit. Had fumbled the ball, and it, and I didn't know what I did. I pressed the wrong button, basically. Anyway, this is episode thirty-three of Dad's Gaming Corner for the week of Wednesday, August twenty-sixth, twenty twenty. You know, as, I'm looking forward to twenty twenty because you know the whole two o two. I was like, twenty twenty sounds like a cool year, right. and I rarely actually ever say twenty twenty, and I never write twenty twenty because like you know no one writes checks anymore. And then because of COVID, we're all stuck inside. And I was just looking at the show notes saying 2020. I'm like, I don't really say 2020 that much. Although I realized in this first minute of this episode, I've said 2020 so many times that, you know. How are you liking it? Is it fun? um, It's 2020, you know. Cool. That's good. (laughs) No? No. All right. Well, this is Dad's Gaming Corner. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DadsGC as well as Facebook.com slash Dad's Gaming Corner. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So be sure to drop us a line at Dad at dadsgamingcorner.com and send us your thoughts, questions, and even your own mom or dad story. All right, so we don't really have any news. Um, let me rephrase. There wasn't any news the last week or two that really jumped out to me. Yes, Nintendo did a Indie World Showcase uh, last week, like the same day, or how was it? Not the day we recorded, but the day after we recorded, the day before we released. So it's like we did it on an evening that following morning, they did the indie show or indie world showcase, and then that night, the, sh- the show show goes up. So it was like it right made in us, between. Yeah, <laughs> it, it made us look like we were missing stuff. But um, they but released, we recorded before yeah. it came out, so they 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 were being mean to us. They knew we were recording that night, they, and they, they waited. They, they purposely waited. waited. Um, a lot of cool games that they you know they've announced before. I didn't really feel like there was that many new games that they talked about. There were a few. Um, we definitely saw uh, uh, more gameplay for some of the pre- or games they've mentioned before. There's one called Red Lantern that I'm super excited about. Reminds me a lot of Firewatch, but instead you are a gentleman and you, uh, I'm guessing you're a guy. I think you're a guy, maybe a girl. I'm not really sure. But either way, you're on like a dog sled going all through you know, the snow areas and everything. And it looks like there's a bear attack and other things. And you're fighting off the, you know, the, um, um, what I'm trying to say, I was gonna say the effects of the wilderness. But that's not that's not the right term. Nature. Yeah, yeah. Outdoor nature storms. The elements. Elements. That's the word I was there looking for. Go. Not effects. Elements. <laughs> the effects. <laughs> the effects of nature. The nope. elements of nature. Yep, no, there you go. It. Um, but I am just. It got me thinking about indie games coming out for uh, 2020 for the Nintendo Switch and other consoles as well. But like um, ho- the second Hollow Knight, Silk Song is coming out this year, and I am, or it's supposed to, and I am super excited for Silk Song. Um, I'm a huge Hollow Knight fan. It's it's probably my second favorite platformer um, on any console. Out you know right after Mario. Mario is the best platformer. You're jumping from platform to flat platform. Um, Hollow Knight is my second favorite. It's incredible. Uh, followed closely behind. I know everyone cares about my platformer desires here. Followed closely behind by Shantae the Half Genie, which I actually have. Um, looking at my shelf, I've got Mario over here for. My first, Mario. and then I've got Hollow Knight plushie up there that mm-hmm. came with my Switch download code. And then I've got a Shantae Half Genie uh, vinyl pop figure over there as well. And so, yeah, I'm, rep- I'm representing what I like. Represent. Represent. Anyway, um, and then later this week, actually, I think it's on Friday, I believe, Nintendo's doing their first uh, actual full-blown Nintendo Direct 
first time in I don't what know. What did you say? A year and a half? I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna double check that while we look this up. But um, you know, it's not here in the show notes, Jabo. I actually would like to hear your thoughts. What do you predict that Nintendo will be talking about at their uh-huh. direct? Um and I'm gonna look up the last time they actually did a direct. Good idea. I love the directs. Yeah, they're okay, I guess. You don't like the I, length. You, we talked yeah, about before. Yeah, I get kind of bored. They're yeah. really so what long. do you prefer? What do I prefer? Right, we talked about before, like, you oh, know, Nintendo's yeah, changing I, their strategy. Yeah, I prefer the shorter ones, the shorter directs, because I don't have to sit as long. I feel like when they do, like, the hour and a half long directs or whatever they are, how long are they normally? Um, Right about 40, uh, 40 minutes to an hour. See, it feels like an hour and a half to Roughly me. about 40 minutes. But see the 40, 45-minute ones, those just, it's a lot of information thrown at you. And yeah, it's like gaming information, but I just get bored of it. You know, I'd rather just sit down for 15 minutes, watch a quick little thing about a few games, and then move on. You know what I mean? Right. So just, I'm going to give give this to you since you were asking, uh, we are talking about earlier. So the last full-blown direct was September 4th, 2019. So it's been almost right at a year now. Yeah. Um, I mean, just shot, like what, just a few days, Mm -hmm. less than two weeks shy of a year. Um, in between then and now, we've had a Pokemon Direct. We've had uh, two uh, Nintendo Direct minis. We had Animal Crossing Direct. We've had Indie uh, World Showcase Direct. I'm saying that wrong, I know. And then the new one that they started with, what was it, the, the Nintendo uh, Partner Direct? Remember, that was the new one they yep. did a while back. So, But it's been a year since a full-blown Nintendo Direct has come out, and uh, I'm excited I'm excited. So what are our predictions for this direct coming out for August 2020? I don't know. Um, I have some hopes. But I what don't, are your hopes? Um, I hope for some and dreams. New, new games. Like what games? Big games. Um, You're talking about like uh, sequels like we talked yes, about before in the sequels. show? Or, okay. That's what I want. What? So if you were to actually, let's make this fun. I mean, we, we've talked about it before, you know, sequels that were ready to come yeah. out. It's time. We talked about it, uh, what was it, last week, I think, about what is Nintendo going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This holiday season, with you know two, you know the uh, PlayStation Five coming out and then Xbox Series X coming out, what is the Switch going to do? Considering that there's supposedly no new hardware coming out, mm-hmm. and by the way, they're not going to use a direct to talk about a Switch Pro. There's no way, right? There's no way. Um, most Unless of, they do. I mean, they could. I mean, they could. Most analysts are saying you know first quarter 2021 is when we'll see um, a Switch Pro. My guess again to be around. March time frame, same time they released the original Switch, if we were to see an iteration on the Switch. Right. Um, so we talked about before all the sequels we want. But now, if you were given um, three, two or three, two or okay. three predictions, what do you actually think you'll see? Not just what you want, but what you actually think we'll see. What do I think mm-hmm. I'll see? Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I'm not good at predicting things. Um, so I'm not sure. Okay. I feel like I get my hopes too involved in my predictions. So then my predictions just aren't always very realistic because they're just what I want and not what is practical. Right. But in this situation, it might be practical. What I would like to see is like we just said, some sequels, maybe Um, one that I really want is an arms Two. I think we've talked about this a couple times on a few different shows. Um, but I think an arms two would be lots of fun because I really, really liked arms and they've come out with a few expansions to it and everything and new fighters and everything and new, you know, new rings and everything. But I would like a whole new sequel to that game. 
So, I mean, that, I, I'm right there with you that I want that, but what's the actual reality that they're going to be coming out see, with that this holiday see, season, considering they That's haven't talked hopes, about it at all? That's my hopes, not a prediction. That's just my hopes. Okay. That would make me smile. That would <laughs> that'd make you smile. But what about, what are some games right now that you think, or just some announcements that they're going to make at this, you know, direct coming up this weekend? I think. I mean, this is cool. because They're just going to flaunt the whole time. They're like, ha ha, yeah. You know, we're crushing it with the uh-huh, numbers. numbers. Yeah, we're, uh-huh. everyone so else uh-huh. sucks. So we're awesome. They're not Apple. And that's what Apple does. Oh, that's a good point. Good I'm point. not hating on Apple. I love Apple. We, we are an Apple household. We are, yeah. But um, I'm just saying, that's what that's what Apple does. Um, I will say this. If you're listening to the show and you've been uh, hearing about ARMS, if you want to check out ARMS, Nintendo ne- I mean, rarely ever puts their games on sale. But right now, they have a lot of their first-party titles on games. Uh, first, sorry, first-party games on sale. There we go. Um, a lot of them up to 30% off. And so ARMS right now uh, normally runs fifty nine ninety nine physical, digital, and you can get it either physical or digital most places, including the eShop, on sale for forty one ninety nine. So $42 is a steal for mm-hmm. this game. It's a, it's a great deal. deal. It really is. Um, I was looking at our show notes uh, from a couple weeks ago when we were talking about you know upcoming titles that we're looking forward to that we'd like to see um, sequels for, like uh, Breath of the Wild 2, Mario Kart 9. What would that next one? I guess that would be Mario Kart. Oh, it would be Mario Kart 9. Mm-hmm. Um, Arms 2, Splatoon 3, uh, Mario Plus Rabbids, Kingdom Battle 2, Super Mario Party 2, uh, just to name a sum, not to include as well the Metroid Prime, Super Mario Odyssey, uh, Donkey Kong Country. Um, I don't think it's – I mean, I think it's – okay, let me rephrase. I do think it's a stretch, but – I'm hopeful, and I don't think it's too much of a stretch to get a Breath of the Wild two, um, you know, for this holiday That's season. That's another one of my hopes. They haven't talked about it at all. Last no. time they talked about it was the direct a year ago. Okay, that was a year ago that they mentioned it. They haven't said a word about it since, but they did show us gameplay footage of it, which is better than the Metroid Prime four that they did. So when the Switch first launched, I think it was that first year later that fall. Um, maybe that summer even, that they said Metroid Prime 4 you know, coming to Nintendo Switch, and all they showed was an animated logo. So it was you saw Metroid Prime kind of like just fade in off of a space background, right. and then a 4, like on Blue Fire. Ooh, that was it. Four. <laughs> no footage. And then what was it, a year, year and a half later, they say, we're sorry, uh, you know, we're, we're scratching development of that game, and we're starting, we're starting back over from scratch. Uh-huh. That's a good thing, though. They said that it, you know, it's not meeting their their quality, what they're looking for in a new Metroid Prime game, and so they were starting over with development. Good for them. So there's no way Metroid Prime 4, 4 is being announced uh, at this coming Direct. There's no way. None whatsoever. Um, I highly doubt we're going to hear about you know any indie games you know worthwhile because we just had an indie Direct. I think this is going to be truly um, the majority first-party exclusives and then a few third-party exclusives, but from AAA partners because... The partner showcase they did also named a few games, but it was it was small. It was only like what six games that they talked about. Yeah, the, the it wasn't showcased. a lot. Yeah, it wasn't that many at all. Um, I think this one's going to be primarily on first party games. I hope maybe, so. Maybe, maybe uh, two. I would say at most two games that are from a third party pr- publisher that is like a triple, you know, a, a triple A studio like EA or Ubisoft right. or something. Um, maybe one or two indies, and that's it. I mean, I, th- I really think it's going to be first party from Nintendo. And if so, then again, Breath of the Wild 2, I think that's a d- good option. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't talked about it at all, um, but they've had more than enough time. I think if they pulled out a Mario Kart 9 mm-hmm. for the Switch, that would come out of left field. Yeah. No one saw it coming. They haven't been talking about it. It still remains the top seller on the Switch. So to come out with the, or, or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the top seller. Uh, if 9 comes out... 
I'm just saying that'd be a way to just sweep ahead, you know. I think <laughs> the holiday seasons. Yeah. So I don't know what's that. So let's. So my prediction is going to be it's going to be primarily all Nintendo titles. Y'all first listen titles. to this. Maybe Watch the direct, and he's like going to be like at spot most, on. At most, no, I don't know. At most, two um, indie games, and at most, mm, I'll say at most, um, two to three. Uh, Third parties like triple uh, A, you know caliber. Um, I want to I want to say two. I think we will hear. Well, mm, now, now I'm kind of double guessing. See how much consideration. Well, here's, he puts here's, here's what I'm this. saying. Here's That's what I'm how saying. you know it's going to be accurate. Nint- here's the thing. Nintendo really has to hit it out of the park for this holiday season, and so it might be they might lean a little bit heavier into their third party titles. But if they do, they're going to be games that are exclusive, not time exclusives, but actual exclusive titles for the Nintendo Switch. Because they have to have a reason to go buy a Switch this holiday season for those who haven't bought a Switch already. They need to move consoles. Moving games isn't enough. They need to move consoles as well. Right. They need to broaden their install base. I agree. So the game for me then will be Breath of the Wild 2. Um, the a big stretch would be Mario Kart 9. Um, I don't think it's too much to expect possibly a Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle 2 being announced. That would be fun. Possibly. I think that'd be fun. Now... Probably what's going to happen is I'm not going to get anything that I'm asking for. Oh, <laughs> last prediction. Okay, so those are two predictions. Um, the games that I predicted, uh, who's making them, third prediction. Um, I think we're going to see an update to the virtual console. Let me rephrase. I'm hoping we're going to see an update to the virtual console. What are you talking about? So right now it's NES games, SNES games. I want to see Nintendo 64 games on there. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't care about that. Oh, that'd be so cool. I'm, I'm sure you would like that. So. That'd, be, that'd, that'd be really cool. Oh, can I add two more predictions then? Sure, go ahead. Who knows if it's happening or not. This has been the year of anniversaries to both Mario and Zelda. So I would like to see a... a um, um, Anniversary party. I would, <laughs> Super, Super, Mario, Super Mario Anniversary Party Deluxe. That'd be fun. You. The Switch has had all the longest names. But no, seriously, like a collection of uh, Mario games from the past, a collection of Zelda games from the past. I would love to see Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess. And I mean, the list goes on um, on on the Switch. And so as well as like, I would love to have Mario Galaxy from the Wii on here. Galaxies 2 on the Wii. Um, from, it'd be great. I'd love to see those. So I think that'd be cool. Anyway, yeah, I feel pretty good about my, my, my predictions. I, I doubt I'll get any of them right, but I hope I do. Anything you want to add to that? I hope so, because those games do sound enjoyable on Switch. Some sequels, maybe some old Zelda games. But we'll see. When's the Direct? Uh, this Friday. Well, then, we'll see very soon. Next week, we'll talk about if there's pie in our face or we if we will. did pretty good. We will. <laughs> uh, I don't see any new hardware coming, not for the Switch. Um, at, at most, I see them announcing a, and this is just, a, you know, Thinking again, left field. At most, I see them announcing a new uh, specialized Pro Controller because they've only released what three so far. There's the original Pro Controller, and then there's three special editions. There's the Splatoon Two Pro Controller, the Xenoblade Two Pro Controller, and then there's the Smash Brother Ultimate Pro Controller. Is that it? And that's it. There's only three um, specialized Pro Controllers, which I don't know why because they keep releasing different Joy Cons. Yeah. So I could see them mm. releasing a new first party first party title coming out, you know, and then a pro controller that matches it. I mean, if we're going to do hardware at all, that's the only hardware I'd see. No yeah. Switch, no new Switch Lite. I would still, no I, I think that'd still be cool, though. I would like that if they I come out with some, yeah. Yeah, I would I would pick up one more. I'm, I'm looking at the Amiibos right now to try to see, like, what game I would like to see a controller for. 
and like picturing it in my head, you know? I know. All right, let's go and move on from that. Um, so there's one thing that I found that's, that's a bit frustrating. Um, you know, I pre-order games uh, that are specifically from Nintendo. Um, you know, there are other games that I, that I pre-order as well, but most Nintendo first-party titles I pre-order because I know I, I want them and I want to play them, and I'm going to talk about them on the show. Um, so the U.S. Uh, gets left out on a lot of pre-order bonuses. So let me just read this one exa- example, and then I'll talk about it. So Pikmin 3 has been announced, uh, I'm going to rephrase, Pikmin 3 Deluxe has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. It's coming out Friday, October 30th um, of this year. And so I'm super excited for this game because I missed, or I skipped out on playing Pikmin 3. Um, I do have a Wii U, but I bought that uh, year two that I owned a Switch. And the only reason I bought it was I, was I started thinking, you know what, I don't own a Wii U, I want a Wii U, I want to try out a couple of games on the Wii U. And um, they're going to, you know, become obsolete. They were already obsolete, but they're becoming more obsolete, harder to find. The price is going up on them. I need to get one while I can. Uh, now, we'll say this. Um, I bought several games for it, like in that first two-week period. And right. I think all but one of those games have already been ported to the Switch. <laughs> yeah. The one game that hasn't was uh, Twilight, or is Twilight Princess. Well, Which originally I mean, was a, you know, uh, uh, a, Wii, a Wii game that was then brought over an HD version on the Wii U, so... Oh, HD. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, so, so I mean, everything else, like the uh, Super... Well, technically, Super, or, um, Super Mario um, Maker. I don't like that game. Man, I love that game. I'm bad at that game. Well, I'm bad at the making of the levels, but I love playing the levels. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. So, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, even Pikmin 3. I bought, I've got Pikmin 3 in there. I've played the first level, and I love it. Um, but then I put it down, and now I'm looking at it saying, oh, it's coming. <laughs> Again, yet another game I bought for the Wii U is coming. Anyway, so here's my thing about the pre-order bonuses. So for the, um, on, on the UK, so if you buy the Pikmin 3 right now, Deluxe for the Switch, pre-order bonuses, um, you can get right now a uh, Pikmin branded to go, you know, plastic coffee cup with the lid and everything, um, which is, Okay, that's fun, but weird. Like, why are you putting a, a why coffee, a coffee why a coffee tumbler? That's kind of you know, weird. It's like a Starbucks. It looks like a, like a like a tall, like a small Starbucks coffee tumbler. Right. Um, and you get it as a bonus for buying Pikmin three. Really weird. Um, I expect this like stuck kind of stuff in Japan and whatnot, but not really in the UK. I don't know. It seems interesting in the UK. And you get a microfiber cloth. Great. Wipe, wipe the wipe. The, well, maybe the that's because off. in handheld, you're going to be touching the screen a whole lot to play with uh, the Pikmin. That's a good point. Right, because that makes sense to me. Um, but at, at times, I've also seen a bonus T-shirt thrown into the mix on these pre-order bonuses. That would be the one that I would like the most. I would like that as well. So here's my thing on this. Um, and I, I've seen this a lot where other countries, other regions, let me say not countries, but other regions will get pre-order bonuses um, when Super Mario Maker 2 came out. Um, I don't remember if it was UK or if it was Japan, but either way, one of the regions um, received an actual style, a Super Mario Maker stylus that you could use. Um, and there's been other games that get really cool pre-order bonuses. Now, here's what we get in the state side normally for pre-order bonus. You order from Target, you might get a keychain. You order from GameStop, you you know, might get a shopping bag, you know, like a themed shopping bag. Yeah, we have a few of those, actually. Yeah, we have a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't get a T-shirt, like, give no. me a T-shirt. You know, give me a T-shirt that says Pikmin 3 on it. It's a little Pikmin hiding behind the letters. Yeah, no, I bet we could turn some of these bags into T-shirts. Yeah, maybe. It just sounds like a lot of effort, though. Sounds like a lot of effort. Um, but, like, we never got the stylus. We got a keychain, you know. Hey, um, a, lo- a lot of nice. times, GameStop will do posters, which, again, I'm, posters not, I'm, cool. I'm not knocking on GameStop. I mean, at least they're giving you something. 
Um, Amazon once in a while will give you a pre-order bonus. Um, but it's rare, and it's these other countries that get the larger pre-order bonuses. And I'm just thinking, when you look at the sales numbers, the, the higher sales numbers are in the U.S. So my first thinking is, well, if the numbers are in the U.S., then give me the pre-order bonuses. But the opposite could also be true. If the numbers aren't as high in another region, maybe they that's why they're them, giving yeah. them more bonuses. I don't know. I just, this you know, the Switch is region-free, um, which means that you can buy a game from anywhere on the world and it'll load up into your into your uh, switch it's not like um previous consoles to where if you buy uh, like for example previous console so Jaden, if you don't understand what region lock is um dvds uh, blu-rays they're all locked to your region they'll say like if you look on the back it'll say like pal p-a-l or n-t-s-c and it'll, it'll and it's locked to a region like to uh, europe uh, the u.s whatever else so in other words if you buy that that dvd in the usa you can't take it over to europe and play it it won't play on the dvd player uh, if it's a because most uh, uh, DVD players are region locked as well. Um, before the Switch, th their consoles were region locked, and the Switch is not region locked. So I could go buy a game literally from Japan, physical edition, have it shipped here, and I could play it on my US Switch, and it works just fine. Um, anyway, so so I could order some of these pre-order bonuses, but then I'm paying more money for shipping, and then I'm paying. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm paying more money for shipping, but then also, and this is just me. I don't know, it's just my quirky part of me. When the game comes in, it you know, if it's from another region, it'll be defaulted to that region, and you'll see it in that region. Then you got to go in there and change it to U.S., which is fine. But then it irks me, and I'm like, I don't actually have that. And then if I buy it digital, I have to always sign in to the, like, let's say the U.K. I have to be signed in actively to the U.K. eShop to download the updates. Um, does that make sense? Yes. I have to be signed into both U to my U.S. account and my I've U.K. account. I've seen you messing around right. with that. And so yeah. I used to be signed into the U.K., uh, Japan, all that kind of stuff to download the different demos. But then I stopped that because my news feed that you, you can turn on your Switch, you have a news feed. <laughs> yeah. It was full of these other regions, and I couldn't read the stuff in Japan, obviously. And then there was stuff coming to the U.K., and I'm like, ah, we already have that, or we don't get that for another three months. Thanks for rubbing it in. Right. And so I turned all that off. Well, I would have to keep it always on to download the updates. Or just turn it on when the update comes out. And I just don't want to mess with that. So it's too much trouble than it's worth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. But I want the goodies. I just don't care. I want the t-shirts. So it's not that big a deal. <laughs> you know why? Because I buy you t-shirts. Yeah. Every time GameStop, you know, GameStop, by the way, quick plug for GameStop. Um, I know GameStop gets a lot of hate. Uh, but man, GameStop, they're the only place that I know that they put uh, shirts on sale on a regular basis. It seems like their shirts and, are always on sale, yeah. Well, they just have a huge inventory, a, a wide arrangement of them, and I get them on time. Like, I've tried a few of these other sites online buying the exact same T-shirts. They're always more expensive. I've had shirts arrive. Like, I ordered a uh, Animal Crossing. Was it Animal Crossing? Uh, I ordered a shirt for, for Mommy. It was Yes, it was an Animal Crossing shirt, and it was delayed by two or three weeks, and when it finally came in, it was an it was a child's um, a small when I had ordered an adult medium. And so like it wouldn't like it wouldn't even fit Alicia. I mm. mean it was tiny. And then it took, you know, two weeks for them to actually begin to process and send another shirt. And then they set a wrong shirt altogether. Not just the wrong size. It was just it was a mess. GameStop's the goat. Um so I really enjoy buying shirts from GameStop. But that's why you don't, you know, care about the perks because I buy it for you anyway. I, I am your I, perk. I, I still don't think I would care that much. Well, I don't know. I just, but I know there's people out there that do. I want I want my so, Pikmin branded uh, coffee cup. I'm sure you. That's do. That's what I want. <laughs> we can we can like color some Pikmin. What is it? Pikmin. Pikmin. Yeah, I've never played. How this is game. it that you don't even know Pikmin? 
I've, I've never played it. I don't know. I know it's the weird plant-looking guys with, like, astronaut suits. Yeah, his no, are. No, the, the pi- no, only he's in the astronaut suit. Well, he looks really weird. And he has, like, all these weird flower friends. I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone who's a fan of Pikmin right now. Pikmin is great. So Pikmin originally released on the GameCube, I think, um, in 2001. And I absolutely loved Pikmin. So you, you weren't even around yet. Yeah, you weren't even around yet. Nope, not yet. Um, love Pikmin. Really excited to play this one. The last one I played, I played Pikmin 1, Pikmin 2, and then I played Hey Pikmin on the 3DS, which was just not a good game. So, Ooh. Yeah, wasn't a good game. But yeah, that, that's my little soapbox. I'll get off of it now. But I just, I want some of these pre-order bonuses that they're getting in the UK. I saw this, I think it was last week, and I was just like, man, I want a t-shirt. Like, I, the best I get from Nintendo is, like, if you order digital, hey, you get double gold uh, gold points for ordering this game. That's nice. Right. So instead of 60 cents, you get 100, 120, 120 cents. You get a $1.20 bonus. Yay. That's, I don't know. I just double. want some cool things. Anyway, let's move on here. Uh, so we actually went to see a movie tonight, which was cool because the last time we went to a uh, movie theater was back in March. Yeah, February, March, something like that. I don't even remember the last movie. What was it? Do you remember? Um, wow. Back in March, I haven't a clue. Yeah. I like, know. I don't even know what's... Did anything release this year? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Early this year? I can't even think. Can't. What were the releases the first quarter of this year? I don't remember. But the last time we went to the movies, it was more than six months ago. And I know that because we go to AMC theaters uh, almost exclusively. Um, I've been an a- A-list member since the program first began. And, you know, my three movies a week. And it's one of my ways to unwind. And I, I loaded the app today, and there was no movie in my movie history for six months. I had to go back, you know, for the last wow. 12 months. But um, we got to saw Empire Strikes Back in the movie theater today, which was a lot of fun. It was pretty cool. Took you, took Caleb, um, and $5 tickets. And it was, you know, it's really weird with COVID. Um, the theater we went to, I think they, he told us that they just opened up last week. Mm-hmm. They haven't even been open a full week yet. I think he said they opened open on Thursday, Thursday or Friday. So they haven't been open a full week yet. Um, and the theater was dead empty. It was empty. It was. Weird. I was like talking during the movie because there was like no one in there. So I was like, there was one couple in the center aisles, like three rows yeah, up from us, and then another couple there. on the far right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was like talking during the movie and like singing to the, the you know, dun dun, you know, all the, the Star Wars and everything, because I could, you know, I put my feet up on the thingy because no one was there. So it was great. You know, there was no one laughing really loud or no one chewing on popcorn super loud or. S- Trying to get the last sip out of their drink, which is super loud. It was, it was, it was nice. And the thing that was interesting to me was that. So, I mean, I, I know it's different based on different regions and you know where you are in the, in the U.S. and then where where you are around the world. You know, depending if you can go or not go, and that's you know, we're not we're not going into that. Um, um, here where we are in the Dallas area, um, there's just different you know conditions and laws and everything else. And so, uh, you know, we were safe, we were careful, you know, wore masks the whole time. Um, but the theater was empty. <laughs> I mean, like you said, there was maybe there was what four other people in, in our particular screening, but it was interesting is that when you look, when you, when I ordered the tickets online, um, as soon as I ordered our tickets, uh, the, the two seats on our left and our right, so we ordered three. And then the very, the, the very next two on both on our far end on our left and the far right were already X off. Like, AMC closed those seats down, and then the row in front of us, and the, so that's that's three plus two, right? So that's five. That's three, four, five, five, uh, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm trying to do math on the air. Add three plus two plus two. That's seven. Right. So seven seats were automatically xed off. Okay, 
because we bought we bought three, mm-hmm. okay? But two on either side, and then seven in front of us and seven behind us. Wow. So that's seven, 14, that's 21 seats that they roped off because we bought three tickets. And so, I mean, they're being, they're being super really cautious, yeah. careful with all of this, which which I appreciate. Which they should be, yeah. And the rule is you, know, you have to wear a mask the whole time and everything unless you're, you know, eating food or whatever else. And so, I mean, we, we followed guidelines. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed our stuff. Our, and our, it was actually and then we cold. Did put the mask back it was on. cold in the theater, so mm-hmm. the mask wasn't bad. It, it kept me warm. You Have know? you ever seen a theater so clean? It was very clean. It was there was nothing on the floors. To, yeah. And this was, was a we went actually we sat in one of their dining locations uh-huh. and I put my keys down right there where they like there's like a, a like a larger armrest where they put the menus and stuff, which that area was empty. There was no menus, no ketchup, no anything. Like they they took everything away obviously uh-huh. because of people touching them. And I was like this looks brand new, which it wasn't, but it's just, I mean, everything was clean. And lots of times those are always, like, sticky, and they have drinks filled on them or something. Everything was clean. The seats were clean. Mm-hmm. That's one of my frustrations is going oh, to the yeah. movie theater and those like, pop, popcorn in the seats when you know someone. Like, Get your pants dirty. It, you yeah. Know? yeah, your pants get dirty. But it was, like, it was super nice. clean. Okay, so what were your impressions about seeing The Empire Strikes Back for the first time yourself? You know, I've, I've seen it before. on on oh, the big okay. screen. I was like, wait a minute, I've seen it lots of times. Um, it originally, just so you know, it originally released um, in nineteen uh, eighty, I think. Yep, it, it was, was. nineteen eighty. Um, and so we're jumping forward twenty years. Yeah, wait, forty. Forty. I mean, oh, yeah, twenty. Whoops. Forty Whoopsies. years. <laughs> Wrong generation. Forty years. Yep. So what do you just? How was it on the big screen? Like the visuals and everything. Um, I mean, it was cool. Um. Um, y'all know how I am about theaters. I've explained it multiple times on the show. They turn the lights down. They give you these big, cushy, comfortable seats. So I got really sleepy. Um, I actually dozed off for a few minutes. Um, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. It was really cool, which I mean, and you know, it was Star Wars, so I would have enjoyed it anyways. But, um, you know, you were in the theater with the volume up loud and the big old screen um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely a different experience. It was, it was, it was cool. So they re-released them, um, back when I was a kid. Uh, I'm trying to find the exact dates here, but I believe it was back in 1997. I would have been, um, 12, man, I cannot do math in my head right You're now. You're born in 83, 82, right? 82, 82, 82, 82. So I've been 12, 82 to 92, no, 17. <laughs> I can't 15, think. 15. 15. I can't think. There you go. I was around 15 when they re-released them. And then they re-released them again, I thought, um, in the early 2000s, like uh, 2004 to 2015 time frame, somewhere in there. Um, but, I, but I do remember when they re-released them to theaters back, um, like when I was a teenager, around 14, 15, something like that. And it was so cool going to see these movies in the theater for the very, like never before seeing them on the big screen. Um, now, I will say this is before they did all of the changes. They made them digital. Um, they cleaned them up a little bit, fixed the audio, made them a little more HD. But it's before they did all of the changes. And now I know we're not going to jump into it, but I know that there's been a ton of changes to the original trilogy. And there are people that love them. There are people that are okay with them. There are people that don't care. And there are people that absolutely hate them. Um, I've always fallen into the category of um, I'm okay with them as long as it doesn't really mess up the whole story a whole lot for me. So, for example, I, most part, I'm okay with them. Um, Return of the Jedi is the one I hate the most as far as how they changed it. The ending music, we've talked about this before, so I won't go deep, but the ending music with the Ewok scene celebration, they changed the music <laughs> entirely. Yeah. Ruined the moment for me. Like, I don't <laughs> like that moment anymore. Like, the music was happy and exciting. Now it's just this... Groovy. 
Yeah, very docile, very docile, groovy kind of. And I'm like, before it was very peppy and happy, like from another planet. I loved it. Um, I I don't like the voice adding, voice editions like Vader's like, no, no. And And then he picks him up. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, there's my issues with that. Um, But what's funny is that the Empire Strikes Back out of the three, I remember it as being the least modified one. Uh, and I'm wrong on that. The first one's uh, uh, episode four, New Hope's the least modified one, as far as George Lucas going in there and changing stuff up. Which I'll, I'll say this: it's his movies. He, he has the right them. to change it. And I was thinking about today: why? Did, you know, why is there such a div- divide on it? And I think here's what here's what goes on. It, it, and this is just my opinion: George Lucas has made all these changes because he's still finessing and perfecting the movies into his original vision for the movies so there's things that he's doing now to him that he couldn't do back then that he wanted to maybe couldn't figure out does that make sense mm-hmm. and i think the reason there's such a problem with you know the fan base the, 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 that part of the fan base that doesn't like them is because we and i'm gonna include myself in that group we latched on to what we saw as the product of the original vision and loved it right so every time he changes it we're like no you don't change you know our childhood and we'd be like them coming in, Disney coming in and changing up, you know, a movie that you grew up watching. I can't think of it right now, like Ratatouille or something. Yeah. I don't know. But like, so we're sitting there watching Empire Strikes Back and we own these, you know, on mm-hmm. iTunes. So we have all the updates and all that kind of yep. stuff. And I know that there's changes, like they changed the Emperor's face and all that. And they changed voices and they changed different things. Um, but I haven't seen it on the, you know, on the big screen. It's different. It's right in your face. And it, the changes really bothered mad. me. How many times did I re- reach over to you? I was like, that's new. That's different. Like wrong voice, every other wrong scene. face, <laughs> uh, wrong dialogue. They changed the dialogue. They did change the dialogue a few times. Yeah. So I mean, uh, we're not going to get into it. It's not a Star Wars episode, but I but I do find it interesting that um, it, here's the biggest change to me that doesn't make sense. Okay, um, they changed Boba Fett's voice. That's fine. Doesn't really matter to the to the following movie, which is Return of the Jedi. Right? Doesn't make a difference what his voice sounds like. It bothers me because I know his voice. Uh, when they changed the dialogue. That messes me up because these are movies I grew up with. So I know, I mean. <laughs> he was, the first like five or ten minutes, he was just quoting like constantly. Just, In lines, like I was yeah. reading the movie script. Yep, yeah. constantly. And I, and th- these are movies that I can do that with because I watched them so many times growing up. And then when they changed the dialogue, I instantly know I'm like, that's wrong. He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't, no, it's not what he said. Okay, so the biggest issue I have with Empire Strikes Back is the face for Palpatine. Why do they change his face? I have a theory. I, okay, I think we all know the why, but then it oh. doesn't make sense. So well, then okay, I they feel change less it. special. Well, they change it because that's the face you see in episode three. Oh man, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, that's why. Yeah. Because the voice, you, it's the face you see in episode three, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But there's a span. I mean, maybe not in reality, as far as like in the. I'm mean, not reality in that. In there's Star a span. Wars time. Yeah, yeah. Right in the time frame, there's not a big span. But the very next movie, okay, Return of the Jedi, it's back to the original face. Because mm-hmm. of the actor, right? Mm-hmm. So what's more jarring? To see episode three and then have a whole blank episode four and then episode five and say, oh, I remember that guy from episode three. Or is it more jarring to go from episode five directly into episode six and say, you're not the dude I just mm. saw. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Very, very smart, Padre. Thank you. No, it just doesn't make sense. That's one of the big ones for me. I'm just like, no, no. 
No. No. <laughs> Whatever it might be. It just doesn't make sense to me. I just don't like it at I all. I think it's fine. I, I, I couldn't <sighs> care less. Yeah, then you go watch episode six, and you're like, you're not the dude that was talking to Vader. <laughs> what did you do with the real Emperor Palpatine? I, 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 I think it's fine. Um, <sighs> I like that George Lucas is going in there and changing him. I'm glad he can't do any more changes now that Disney owns him. Oh, that's a good... Well, but see, and we haven't talked about it on the show, but I'm not right? glad, because I, I like that he went in there and changed oh. him to how he wanted him and how he thought and envisioned the, his movies to be. I know, and there are some people, you know, that are a few years younger than me that grew up with these as well, and they love the changes. I, I just think, don't. I think it's cool that he could go in there and do that to his movies and... Change them to how he wanted them. Yeah. You know? just I'm just not happy with that whatsoever. But anyway, uh, we did see The Empire Strikes Back in the movie theater. It was a blast. Uh, it was fun seeing that in the movie theater while eating popcorn and everything else. And seeing and it on burgers. the big screen. We got burgers. They were My good. gosh, those burgers were so good. They were really they good. Were, they were really good. I had a barbecue western, mm. had bacon, and it was good. Yeah, this is the new show uh, food uh, segment of the show. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Talking about our favorite food. Yeah, yeah. That You just premiered the new segment. Now it's over. Um. Okay, let's skip this next uh, thing that we're going to talk about here, and let's talk about what we're playing this week. So we're actually playing a lot of games. I mean, Torchlight. I mean, mainly Switch, but Torchlight Two. Uh, we finished Batman: The Telltale Series. We talked about a little bit of that last week, so I want to hear mm-hmm. your impressions about that one. Um, I've been sinking a lot of hours into Marvel's Spider-Man for the PS4, which man, that's a great game. Such a good game. I wouldn't know. So uh, why don't we? Let's start with Batman. Oh, Kidoki? Yeah. So talk about that game. We talked a little bit last week, but we, we finished about it. it. Talk week, about your yeah. favorite episode and all that. Okay, so we finished it since last show. Um there was five episodes. We finished the last episode. Um I won't say anything about the ending. I don't want to spoil anything. But it was very good. Um the last uh what are they what were they called? Episodes, chapters. Episodes. Episodes. So there's five episodes. The last episode was really good. Um th- I really liked the way they ended it and there was some twist in there. Um, it was, it was really good. The whole, the combat of the last episode was good. There was, you know, big, you know, thingy at the end. The way they concluded the game. The storytelling story, was so good, yeah. I thought was, um, really, really good. Um, another thing, actually, about the story is I'm confused because. Why are you confused? The lady who, okay, Vicky Vale. Okay, let's not be careful of spoilers. Yeah, okay. Vicky Vale looked completely different than mm. in, epi- in episode five than she did in all of the other ones. You mean episodes one through four? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean different? Every, she did, I was so confused the she whole time. She had the same face. She was completely different. No, she wasn't. <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> Maybe it's because you, in the last episode, I won't say anything, but you don't see her hair. Okay, that's part of it. She has the same face. She has a different face. I she was... has a, a different facial expression. What? No, I was like her face. I mean, I mean, her face is hard and angry. I was, I was so, so confused. Um, I mean, I knew it was Vicky Vale, <laughs> but I was like, this is not. You Vicky. had an Emperor Palpatine from Episode Five to Episode exactly. Six. Exactly. I was like, this crisis. I was like, this is Vicky Vale. I know it is because it says Vicky, but I was like, this isn't Vicky. I, I don't know. It was it was constantly haunting me the whole episode. But um, other than that, I really, really enjoyed the concluding episode. Um, it wasn't my favorite. Okay. Why not? My favorite was episode four. 
Okay. Um, Ooh, episode four was a strong. I really like episode four. Episode. I feel like part of that though is because they brought in different characters, um, that I really liked from the Batman world. Um, but so that's probably part of the reason I liked episode four so much. But episode five was still the whole. Every episode was great. It was a really good game. We definitely need to go and play the uh, the, the next one, mm-hmm. Enemy Within, and. We were talking about this after we finished the first one. We were um, trying to figure out whether the second one just continued the story of the first one or not. Or not. Right. And I think it, it does. And I, I mean, I hope it does. I'm pretty sure it does. Because at the end of the first one, they there's like a big cliffhanger. Do you remember how the um, first game ended? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to starting the second one. You already have it downloaded on Switch, don't you? Yep. Ready to yeah. go. I'm, I'm looking forward to starting that one up. Um, what was your favorite episode? Um, definitely episode four. And so, um, if you haven't played uh, a Telltale game, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, what's cool about these games? They're not real action packed like you think of a normal action game. Um, but the story is the stories are great. Um, these uh, the Batman ones are um, good story, a lot of action, and um, but it's not button mashing action. You affect the story. You affect the choices made. You affect how the outcome. Um, different outcomes for the story. You have, you affect how the characters respond to you as well and react to you. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, and you're timed on your decisions. So you've got to do, <laughs> I don't know, they might say, you know, are you going to side with this person or are you going to side with this person? Are you going to go as Batman to, and try to fix this issue or are you going to go as Bruce Wayne? Are so, you going to save this person or save? That That was my least favorite. When they would oh have my to, goodness. you would have to pick which person to save. Yeah. That was that was the hardest decisions to make. No, that yeah, and, and what's what's so good about this game was that, um, and just the writing that Telltale did on these games was that when you get towards the I don't know episode three, so you're in the the the, the middle, you know, the heart of the game. From then on, the decisions become less oh, yeah. black and white. And I'm a very black and white kind of guy. Like, there's always a r- obvious right and wrong choice, you know, in a game. Are you going to be the moral high character or the moral low character? You know, whatever. I'm going to be the good guy. Um, and they make they make you, they force you to make decisions, and you're like, I don't know what to make. <laughs> it was, I don't like it was either really answer. Hard. Or both answers are good. Um, but yeah. normally it was more of neither answers are good. Uh, can I have an option three, or option C, please? And so it really, I mean, it torments you, and you're like, "It was oh, but, but that's what good. makes it so good. It makes yeah. it a really good it game. Was, yeah, your heart goes into it. It was really good. Um, now these games are rated M for mature, um, and uh, certain episodes are heavier in language than the other episodes. I think it was episode four that uh, I was like, "Ooh, okay, um, mm, a little bit too much," and I began to turn the volume down because I was like, "There are other kids in the, in the house in different oh, yeah. rooms. There's, there's too much language in this particular episode." Um, and then sometimes graphically, even like. Just the brutality. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of the criminals and everything else. It was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is a this is a dark game. But um, really liking it. It's really good. Really liking it. Um, Torchlight. Let's talk about Torchlight. So Torchlight is a game that's been released on um, every console. You know, uh, originally it was it originated as a PC game, and it since then has made its way to PlayStation, Xbox, and um, Nintendo Switch. Really. I'm really liking this game. And so this has been on my wish list for, I don't know, however, however long it's been on Switch. A year, two years, whatever else. And um, they put it on a really good uh, sell. It's normally 
and they, I'm sorry, fourteen ninety nine on Switch, and they put it on sale for seven forty nine. This is Torchlight Two that we're talking about, and the second one. And um, you know, I, we've talked about Diablo on this on the show before. Love Diablo on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Diablo is a full price sixty dollar game. You can get it on sale for, for thirty percent, you know, fifty percent off for thirty dollars, you know, from time to time. But still, it's a triple A title, uh, and for good for good reasons. It's it's there's Diablo does Diablo right. When you look at any kind of a dungeon crawler, Diablo is the standard. There's nothing as good as Diablo, in my opinion. It's just an incredible game, both on the PC and on consoles. Um, the absolute definitive game when it comes to dungeon crawlers. Uh, there's a lot of clones and you know indie clones and whatnot, and they're they're okay games and fun games. Torchlight, though, there is something about it. it just it, there's the art style kept calling to me. So anyway, it was on sale, so we picked it up. Instantly fell in love with it. Um, we're not going to talk too much about it because we do want to get some more time in and talk about it later on a, on a future episode. But uh, this game stands on its own. It's not just another dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. The the art style is very fresh, very unique. The elements they throw into the to the uh, questing that you have to do very different from Diablo, um, and not and not uh, just you know kind of just half baked thrown together. Good storyline, good questing, um, a little bit of humor thrown into it. Uh, some new elements in how you can fight and how you can, you know, uh, sell and buy from town. Uh, puzzles in the middle of the game, just different things that makes it stand on its own. To where I am loving this game. Caleb played it with me, and so I bought it for Caleb. He was loving it, and then on a whim, I was hoping that you would like it, Jaden, because you don't always. I'm always getting into new games, and you don't normally get into new games. Right. And so I bought it for you, hoping... Hoping I would like it. Right, and so we sat down uh, this past Saturday to play, and we played most of the day, the three of us. You know, you, me, and Mm -hmm. Caleb. Had a blast playing it. And Micah's, poor Micah, sitting there watching us, and he wants to play. So ended up getting it for him. And so Caleb and I spent about three hours today, I think it was, about three hours playing with Micah. Yeah, for a while, yeah. About three hours. Um, He rolled a new character. I mean, he doesn't get the whole how you do gear and all that, but I can tell him, here are your three main abilities. Just, you know, follow me or follow, you know, Caleb and just push these buttons. And he was having a blast. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, I'm like, all right, Micah, come on. And he would say, he's not telling me, I'm following you. He's like, I'm following your, your dog because this character rolled with, with Mike. I've got a bulldog is my pet who fights with me. He's like, I see your dog, daddy. I'm following your dog. I'm like, okay, that's fine. However, <laughs> just follow me. So, but really digging yeah. this game. I think the biggest thing for me is that it's an indie game, um, which I think is just cool because there's a lot to this game. It's really a lot. It's a lot more than I was expecting. I was it's it's I was expecting it to be way more shallow than it is. Um, there's just so much so much detail into everything mm-hmm. and all the random side quests you find out of nowhere or, like, you have to trigger something to find a side quest. I want to save those for the show. So okay, let's, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's not but go But just, just everything that um, we've seen so far and done so far in the game um, has just been way deeper and way more detailed than I've, that I expected it going into the game. I mean, if we were to compare it to a game like Nine Parchments, this blows Nine Parchments out of the water. It does. No offense, far, Nine Parchments. As far as the depth of it, and it's and it's normally cheaper too. Nine Parchments is twenty bucks, and this one's normally thirteen. Mm-hmm. Or what did I say? Twelve, thirteen, uh, fifteen, fifteen. So it's normally fifteen dollars, five dollars cheaper. Right now, you can get on sale for seven fifty, and so for seven seven fifty, it's like a steal. Um, it doesn't have uh, you know co op on the same screen. Uh, which is a shame, but you can do co-op um, up to four players as far as online or local LAN, like local mm-hmm. co-op with you know actual you know, four different switches. 
Um, one of the things I like about this game, and we'll talk more about it in more detail later, is that the art style reminds me a lot of Warcraft 3, which then translates over to World of Warcraft. So it is a Diablo 3 type of game as you're looking down and playing on it. Um, and we're already going too deep on this game, so I'm going to go and pull this back. But um, I'll just say this. It's a Diablo-style game with a Warcraft 3 art style um, that stands on its own, has its own identity that makes this game totally worthwhile up to four players. And I'm super excited because when the third one comes out later this year, later this fall actually, so it's only, I'm guessing, two, three months away, probably two months away, up to 40 players online. So we'll talk about the show, or talk about this game later in, a, in, a, in an episode coming up very soon. But... Man, that it, just—it's been good so far. My mind is exploding with ideas of where this game's going to go with forty players, and so just really liking this game. Um, the other game I've been playing that I mentioned earlier was Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation Four, and man, again, really good game. I've wanted to talk about this game for or play this game for quite a while now, and I'm really liking this game. Um, they, they, re- the fa- my favorite part about this is that they nail Spider-Man. You feel like Spider-Man when you're swinging between I'm, I'm i've already put in i don't know how many hours and i'm spending most of my time not on questing but just swinging between buildings and this game has a nice little hook where even though you know where your quest is and you're like five hundred thousand miles in the opposite direction I mean, not literally but you're like the other side of new york from where you need to be just swinging between buildings you know um being spider-man just having fun you'll hear the police scanner saying we've got an attempted robbery on the corner of such and such and then because your spidey sense and the different um, you're, you're basically you're tapping off of the place's own uh, radio towers scattered around town, and you can see where it is. So no matter where you are, you can drop down and get in combat and help a lady who's getting mugged for her purse, or uh, a front uh, you know front end store is getting robbed. That's something I think is really cool. How it's just um, it just transitions so smoothly. Oh my goodness! Yes. How you you go from swinging in the air into just you know ground. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's open world. It's, it's, it's really a cool. great open world. Um, there's collectibles all throughout this game, and you know me and collectibles in games. Yep. And so, you know, I don't know how many there are in the game, but uh, I'm just I'm I'm at the tip of the iceberg. But loving this game. Um, someone gave us a PlayStation Four Slim, brand new in the box, uh, a year ago, and we haven't touched it. And then we opened it up. I think two weeks ago it was two or three weeks ago, and um, bought one game for it, which was this game right here, and having a blast with it. So much fun, and so I know you tried web slinging a little bit, and yeah, you you it had a hard really time. Confusing at first. Yeah. Um, after after like 10, 15 minutes, maybe I don't remember how long I was playing, but after a minute, I um I I think I got it a little more adjusted to it. I understand a little bit better. Um, but it was really cool. It felt good on the controllers. Man, it, it was so cool good. going like weaving in between yep. buildings. It was, it was, and then going to like the top of buildings and looking down on New York. It was really cool. Oh, getting like uh, up on like some of the taller buildings mm-hmm. and then doing a skydive down. I'm not sure. What that's oh, that was called. cool. Yeah, and then, you know, everything's rushing past mm-hmm. you, and then just and then at the last minute, um, throwing a web and then just skimming off the ground, just like you know, like a few feet off the ground and, sw- and swinging back up in the air. It's like it you're in the cool. movies. It's it just really so cool. much fun. Really liking this game. We'll talk more about it, I'm sure, down the road as we get more into it and everything else. But really. Really like in this game, um, which brought me to a conversation point that I wanted to talk to you about, Jaden. Yes, uh, which was the PlayStation Four controller. So, um, right here on the, on our table here that we record the podcast at, we've got three controllers. We have a Xbox One wireless controller. Uh, this uh, this is actually the controller that came with the Xbox One S, 
and it's the uh, the solid. I don't know what they call it, but it's like the solid white controller, the textured grip on the back that came. It's the one that came with the Xbox One S system. The world's best controller. And then we have a Sony. Uh, uh, this is the PlayStation Four uh, Dual Shock Four. Uh, wireless controller as well, and you notice a pattern that I'm going here. Yeah. Because uh, it came with a black one, and then I needed to buy a second controller, and I bought a, I think this was called the Arctic White PlayStation 4 DualShock 4 controller, um, which is nice. And then I have my favorite Nintendo Switch Pro controller here on the table, which is the Smash Brothers, which is uh, black and then with white grips, which is looks so, so stinking good. It does. And so, um, question, how do you feel these controllers stack up to each other? Because here's what I've noticed. I am I, I, the PlayStation. Okay, the PlayStation controller. You know the thumbsticks are are are. It's very different that they're symmetrical to each other down at the bottom, to where the Xbox One controller they're asymmetrical. You know, ones on top, ones on bottom. The analog sticks. The Switch Pro controller um, matches this. Now it is. It'd be interesting to point out the fact that the Wii U Pro controller looks very similar to the PlayStation uh, controller. Or the thumbsticks are down at the bottom. But for the Switch Pro Controller, they went back up. And the Switch Pro Controller, um, you would be forgiven to mistake it for a Xbox One controller. The button light layout is identical. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, it is identical. The only difference is the quality of the, you know, and the height and the and the action between the, the triggers, um, how, you know, one's analog, one's digital, how the buttons fill themselves, things like that. Um, the button layout, instead of, you know, you know A, B... X, Y on the on the Xbox controller. They're, they're different order on the Pro controller for the Switch, but that's basically it. Um, so how do these controllers stack up to you? Because now that I'm putting a lot of time in on the PlayStation for the very first time, um, I'm getting used to the Pro controller, or I'm getting used to the analog sticks on the DualShock controller. At first, I did not like them. Um, I, I am using the D-pad, if that's what they call it on the PlayStation controller. Uh, I am using it a lot more because it's natural navigation for me right. than that down here. I will say that my aiming on the left analog stick for the PlayStation controller is way off. Like if I'm going up and down the menu, <laughs> like on a keyboard, yeah. I think I'm going down and I'm actually going like to the left or to the right because it's it's not in the normal position. It needs to be up here. It and does so I'll, I'll push to. down or whatever. It's the wrong direction. Um, they all have, you know... No rumble capability. Mm-hmm. I will say this though: the HD rumble um, in the Joy Cons feel really good, and and the HD rumble does not translate as well to the Switch Pro controller. But the Switch Pro controller, I feel, has a much better um, rumble feedback. I feel like the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One just vibrate. If, if there's rumble, they just vibrate. Yeah. Uh, there's different intensities that it vibrates. And if you have a console, maybe I'm missing something here, and you can, you know, one of these consoles, and you can write in and let us know. Um, but it seems like they vibrate in different intensities, and that's basically it. Where the Switch Pro controller, it feels more like, it's closer to the Joy-Cons. It, it, it matches the game better, rather than just intensities 2 or the intensity 6 or the intensities like at a max of a 10 or whatever else. Um and so on on the on that part motion or the vibration, I feel like you know the switch is the definite winner here. Okay. And I know this is simple stuff, but um, on the quality of the controller, I think the Xbox One still has for me the absolute best controller, hands down. Easy. I I love the weight of the controller, yep. um, the way that the buttons feel when you press them down, mm-hmm. the triggers. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, they just and the way I'm telling you that your fingers like 
lay on the whole. It's like a like a little curve, like a, a like a trigger. It's really, oh, it's <laughs> a trigger. <laughs> I was thinking like a trigger about mm-hmm. like a, like a pistol or something, but it's just it just fits so nicely. It just holds. And the D pad lets you roll real nice mm-hmm. on it. Now I will say that the DualShock is definitely the most uh, innovative controller. Um, the fact that it has a little speaker built into the controller, this top button right here is a trackpad that you can use with your finger for different things. Um, but at the same time, I've, I mean, obviously, I don't have that much time to the PlayStation 4. Um, I've done uh, Spider-Man, a few other smaller games, indie games. Um, the original God of War, which was a PlayStation 2 game, I think. Um, and so it doesn't really matter, but I haven't really found a need for this trackpad yet. Now, I will say this, on some of the Switch's games, a trackpad built into the controller would be kind of nice, <laughs> like a Mario uh, yeah, Maker, cool. things like that. Um, and so I'm sure there are games that utilize it. Uh, I do feel like the DualShock controller for the PlayStation 4 is the most uh, innovative controller out of the, out of the three. Um, but I feel but the, the Xbox One controller is just, to me, the best controller overall of feeling and everything else. Yes. Now, again, I don't know if people really, you know, most people, this would be like a secondary, third, fourth, or fifth thought for them. But um, I've never had a reliable Xbox One uh, rechargeable controller, you know, built in. Like you could, used to be you could buy one with a battery pack and everything else built in, and they fail left and right. Uh, Microsoft doesn't mean sell them that way anymore. Now you just, the controllers in the system come uh, with AA batteries, and then you have to buy a rechargeable pack. And so... Uh, these all these controllers were, were just ballpark on about sixty bucks each. Um, that's basically what they run, sixty bucks each. Um, but the PlayStation Four uh, controller, I'm already having drift issues on this used controller, and I was thinking that's a Joy-Con issue. <laughs> that's the, that's my one great for Nintendo, and then the PlayStation Four controller, I'm, I'm drifting on my on the let's see, you move with the left, yeah, the right, the right one, or the, sorry, the left one's drifting a little bit. Um, I'll start the PlayStation up and I'm jumping right into my game and Peter Parker is sidestepping to his left. I'm like, what <laughs> is going on here? And I've got to, you know, just move the controller to the right and then it's fine, but it's drifting just a tad bit. Um, but the battery in that thing stinks. Like it doesn't it does. last more than like, I don't know, two or three hours. Yeah. We, what were the stats? We, um, we looked them up and it's the show. Yeah, go ahead. So I'll start with PlayStation cause you just did. So the PlayStation four, Dual Shock 4 controller lasts four to eight hours on a full charge. Now, pick up the the Dual Shock 4 controller and then the Switch Pro controller. And is that one much heavier? I mean, it is a bigger controller. There's more mass to it. Um, but it has to have a bigger battery in it because the, the, the PlayStation controller lasts four to eight hours, while the Pro controller lasts up to 40 hours, 10 times as long. Yeah, it's not... 10 times. It's not that much heavier. I mean, well, yeah, it, it's yeah. heavier, but it's not that noticeable. Yeah, and so I did notice that after just, you know, two or three playthroughs, I was or, or probably two playthroughs, I was already having to recharge that PlayStation controller, where the Pro controller for the Switch, man, this thing lasts. Lasts forever. You know, if I'm playing, you know, heavy on it, it's lasting all week long. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the PlayStation controller wouldn't last more than a day on some games, <laughs> two days at tops, you know, as far as heavy play goes. But I did some light casual playing over like two or three days, and it was already time to recharge that controller. And so, I don't know. Yeah, so that one lasts four to eight hours. Gives you four to eight hours of gameplay, which, as we've decided, is not very impressive. I'm not impressed. Microsoft seems to have foregone? Foregone? Foregone. Foregone the whole, you know, including a rechargeable battery. You can buy the pack, but if these controllers are about 60 bucks to begin with, 
you're spending another roughly $20, $25 to get a rechargeable battery Which pack no from Microsoft. That. Unless you do like a third party. But even then, I think the cheapest is 15 bucks. So now you've you know increased that by another $20 or so. Just, I don't know. Doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. Not a lot to talk about this on the show as far as the controllers. I'm just curious what other people think. I mean, if you're a diehard Xbox fan, I'm sure you'll come back and say the Xbox One controller is the best. It if is. you're a diehard PlayStation fan, I'm sure you'll say the DualShock 4 is the best controller ever. I just have What's so many for? problems with this controller. The DualShock 4, I just have so many problems with it. I don't want to, like, be mean to them. I think it's cool that... Uh, but... The share light that they, I think it's called the share light that lights up tells you which which you know controller you're on if you're first player second player based on the color of the well controller. that's so that's cool. pretty cool. My only issue really with the controller I've gotten used to the analog stick so I'm good with that. My only issue is that I can't for the life of me remember where is circle <laughs> square cross or triangle. Yeah, uh, and I'll be in the middle of a fight and I just learned a new move from Spider or Spider Man learned a new move and I'm like um and it says you know quick press uh, you know X or press uh, not X it's cross. Press um, uh, square twice, followed by circle, and I'm like, eh, looking down at my hands, going, "Which one is the is the square again?" And I keep forgetting it. I now I do remember where triangle is now. You know how I remember that? Triangle points up. Yep. And it's a top That's controller. How I would remember it, <laughs> which is sad. Which yeah. So and, and then the square is the left one. Yes, I'm getting it. And X job. is the bottom one. I'm finally getting it. I have or cross, a logical X, cross. reason for remembering. Like the button layout, like on an right. Xbox. So for me, the Xbox controller button layout, the the reasoning in my head is Y is on the top because it's 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 tall. a little man pressing his arm. It reaches up, ah. yeah. So that's why it's on top. But but it's wrong. Nintendo it, is the first it, one with a four-button controller, and they're the ones that established but, how they should be. But if you think about Microsoft it. Microsoft broke it. The first controller I held that so I was an Xbox played controller. was an Xbox controller. A is the bottom one because A is the first letter of the alphabet. So it's the base. So it's the bottom one. Dude, you're wearing... I'm already getting tired listening to this. B is just A's right-hand man. It's to the right of him. And then (laughs) X is the only one left. B is A's wingman? Yeah. And X is the only one left, so it has to be on the left. Gotcha. So that's how I remember. And then I just remember that um, Nintendo's the other way. (laughs) Just the other way. um, But yeah, like... Circle, triangle, cross, and square. Now, I will say, I so know. I've got fairly big hands. Yeah. Um, I've got fairly big hands. Um, I... <laughs> Your fingers go over the <laughs> Yeah, thingies. I go over, yeah. I'm, my, my fingers touch the option share button. Just, yeah. No, um, the PlayStation controller is not as comfortable to me. Holding on to it, um, I don't it's know. It's just kind of blocky. Like, let me see. My, I've noticed my hands don't, don't feel as comfortable after playing for about an hour. They feel, uh, they're cramped up a little bit. I do the triggers and everything else, and some of the buttons and analog sticks. My my hands not there's fatigue. There's gaming fatigue. You know, after playing for about an hour, I I don't get that when playing on with the Pro Switch Pro controller or the Xbox One controller. See that that immediately feels better. Mm -hmm. Just picking up one of these controllers. One of the things I don't like about the DualShock Four controller is, um, uh, first of all, how the what are these called? The what what are these called? What. The grips? The grips, yeah, okay. The your grips. Palm, your hold on to it, yeah. The way they are, <laughs> I don't like the way they are. Like, both the Pro Controller, the Switch Pro Controller, and the Xbox One Controller, they're, like, wider. They, um, they... They're angled? They're angled, yeah. And they, they shrink at the bottom. So I'll, They okay. go like this. This is just, like, a 
it it's yeah. I okay, so I'll say this one. <laughs> I don't okay. know how to. You just need to, you need to spend some more time with it. Now I will say this, and I'm curious. Now I would like to hear from other people on this. This is there's no hate here on the controllers. I I just here's something that I've noticed, and I'm curious. Um, I've played Xbox for you know consider considerable playthroughs in one setting as well as with the Switch on the Pro controller. Um, the PlayStation after like 30 minutes, um, I noticed that my palms get sweaty. Now I don't mean like like clammy. Like Caleb has really clammy hands when he plays on the controller, but they get they get a little, just a little clammy, just a little bit, not not a lot, just a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it's because um, I'm gripping it harder because I'm having a hard time pushing the buttons. I don't know if it's the angle of my hands and it's fitting in my palm, you know, snugger. I don't know, but I know that um, with the Pro controller and the Xbox con- Xbox One controller, I don't do that at all. Like I ne- I've never noticed. Man, my hands feel kind of weird. And with the PlayStation, I think it was one day last week, um, or one evening last week, um, I was playing Spider-Man, and I just kept coming off, and I was like, my hands, my fingers specifically, feel kind of just clammy. And I'm like, this is weird. And I kept looking at the controller like, is there anything on it? And it wasn't. It was just me. This is a clean, very clean controller. And um, I don't, I don't, don't understand it. I'm just curious. Anybody out there, have you ever experienced, <laughs> do you have sweaty palms when you play on a PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've noticed that when I'm holding any game controller, mm-hmm. my hands get clammy. I think the reason though is because when I'm playing a game, I focus really hard. And so that's the only thing I can figure out. So like, I'm like really intensely right. doing the controls. <laughs> so it makes me, I don't know, but that's the only thing I can think about is that when I'm playing the PlayStation, because I'm still like. Spider-Man's dying. I've got 20% health left, and I'm, I'm trying to remember what button activates his healing. I'm like, oh, it's down on the D-pad or whatever it's called. Um, and then I'm real tense. That's the only thing I can figure right. out is that I'm tense because I don't know the button layout. And so because of that, that's why I'm holding mm-hmm. it tighter, and I'm naturally at clammy hands because I don't know the controller. That's my only theory at this point is that it's me. PlayStation, PlayStation, it's me. PlayStation. So, anywho, I would love to hear your thoughts on the controllers, on the, again, the Xbox uh the Xbox One controller, the Nintendo Switch Pro controller, and then the DualShock 4 controller for PlayStation. I'm just curious what you think. Have you experienced one thing over the other? Jaden, stop the hating on the controller. I'm sorry. It's just my preference. No, I, I do. I, I'm a Nintendo fan boy, but I will say that I feel like, the for me, the Xbox One controller, hands down, is the best controller. And which it means looks better. Which like, means the next so controller coming out for the Xbox Series X, I'm curious, like... High expectations. Well, I'm like, I want to see like, some added features, but I don't want you to change the yeah. controller. Like, it's a perfect controller. Right. It really is. So, anyway, um, let's go ahead. We're running out of time. Let's go ahead and jump over on over to our uh, indie. I was like, what's it called? Indie Corner? <laughs> indie Corner. I don't know why I was thinking Indie Spotlight. Um, I was indie looking at something spotlight. the other day, and they had Indie Spotlight. I was like, they stole that from us. I think I was it was, like, no, we're it was that um, thing we watched. It was a direct because we were watching the direct. and You were like, "Hey, they stole that." Yeah. But I, I reminded you that ours isn't called Spotlight. It's ours corner. is Indie Corner. Yep, that's right. It was going to be Spotlight, and we changed it. to Yeah, indie it corner. was actually going to be. Fun fact about Dad's Gaming Corner. Yeah, in the in the beginning stages that we were talking about <laughs> planning out the show. Yeah. Um. So the first one is Torchlight Two. We've already talked about that some. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Um. Uh, Diablo like Dungeon Caller for your Nintendo Switch. Great game. Normally $14.99. You can pick it up right now on the Nintendo eShop for $7.49. It's rated T for Teen. You can get it on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. Great game. You need to pick it up. So just just go out and buy it. It's just 
for 750 as well. It's a great game. For sure. Speaking of which, if you're listening to the show and oh. you want to connect with us uh, socially as far as playing games and whatnot, like some of these games we're talking about, just shoot us an email at heydadaddadsgamingcorner.com. Give us your gamer tag. Um, if you're Xbox or PlayStation, just give us your gamer tag or whatever it's called on PlayStation. Just give us your user ID. It's simple. If you're on Switch, send us your 500-digit long <laughs> friend code. It's ridiculous. It's still ridiculous, and we're in 2020, and it, we have this long code. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we'd love to connect and play some of these games. But, uh, yeah, it's Torchlight, and we'll put links in the show notes for this game. Uh, Jay, why don't you pick up the next one? Okie dokie. Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy. Yeah, now, yeah. this game has been out for a while now. I don't know how long. It originally launched uh, not only on 360, but also with their arcade service. Well, there you go. Uh, so it's been out arcade. for a minute. I Actually, we, uh, we were looking at some of these games that, uh, before the show, just preparing and I saw that this game has sold over 2 million copies. This is a great Which game. I thought was cool. So yeah, congrats to Super Meat Boy. Um, this game is also rated T for Teen. Um, it's normally $15 on the eShop. Right now it's seven fifty. also Torchlight. Y'all might, be, y'all might be thinking that I'm just describing Torchlight, but this is Super Meat Boy. Um, so same price as Torchlight right now, uh, same rating. This is on Switch, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. Again, same as Torchlight 2. Um, this game, for $750, I would pick it up for $15, but for $750, I think you should definitely we did pick, pick this it up game for up. We did pick it up yeah. for $15. <laughs> but um, if y'all don't have it yet, which I'm sure lots of y'all do, but if y'all don't, I would go pick it up for $750 while it's um, still on sale. So, Jaden, so, here's my question for you before you describe the game to me. Okay. I bought this game on the th- th- Xbox 360. Yeah. And then I bought the Enhanced Edition on the Xbox One. Yep. Should I play it or buy it again for Nintendo Switch if I already own it? <laughs> Knowing you, I think no. You, no, I'm you telling you, you. Tell me, should I buy it yet again? Oh, just for the reason of having it portable. Is yes. it a good enough game? Yes, I All think right. so. And the reason I think so is because, in my opinion, it's one of those games where you can just play a level or two while you're waiting for something. Like for for me. Um, if we're just out one day running some errands and I take my switch right. with me and y'all like run into the store real quick to get something and I stay in the car, it, it's a good game for me to just play for 10, 15 minutes. Especially out if a couple we tell levels. you, hey, we'll be in the store for 10, 15 minutes and it turns into 30. Ex- yeah, because that happens <laughs> rather often. So um, I think um, it's one of those games where you can just pick up, play a little bit, and put back down, um, which I like games like that, so... Yeah, I like think so, so many other games, this game really does feel like it was made for Switch. It just mm-hmm. feels so good. Um, if you need to know what this game is like, it is a platformer, and uh, imagine you pulling out a big raw piece of steak. You know, and I'm, I'm trying to keep this not too gross, but like you just pull off the cellophane wrap from the store and it's dripping, and you throw it against the wall. Ew. That's, the, <laughs> that's disgusting. That's the game. <laughs> you just said I'll try not to keep... What? Oh. I didn't mention the fact that there's blood everywhere. That's nasty. I don't think you need to mention that. I think it's a given. That's nasty. Uh, maybe that's why it's rated T for teen. There is a little bit of language in it and some rude humor and whatnot. Um, great platforming. Um, they really nailed the platforming. Uh, back in... Let's see. I was looking at 2012. There's a documentary film made called Indie Game the Movie. And one of the projects they follow in this movie is um, Super Meat Boy. Uh, the development process behind Super Meat Boy, it first launching on the Xbox uh, Live Arcade system, all that kind of stuff. And really great game. Uh, one of those indie games that came out in the early days that really made it big and paved the way for other indie developers. For sure. So definitely Go pick this out. game up for 750 on the eShop because it's worth it and they deserve your money. 
That's a fun game. So give it to them. The last game we want to bring to you on Indie Corner, we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, it's just such a great game, and it's a good deal. I want to bring it up to you again is Horizon Chase Turbo. Uh, it's rated E for everyone. It's normally nineteen ninety nine, but currently it's on sale for the Switch for $5.99. Um, it, it is up to four players co-op on the local screen, as well as you can do uh, you know switch-to-switch consoles. Okay, here's the thing about Horizon Chase Turbo. Uh, this is by far one of my favorite racing games um, on Switch. Mario Kart takes first place, and then um, Horizon Chase Turbo is my second is my second favorite uh, racing game on the Switch. Um, it's wow. not a kart. It's not a kart racer like Mario Kart and like the Sonic racers or some of the other ones out there, uh, SpongeBob Crash. things like that. Yeah, thank you, Crash. Um, um, and it's not ultra-realistic like Forza or anything else. Although, man, wouldn't you love to have Forza, Forza on the Switch? Good. Man. That'd be cool. I want Xbox to bring Game Pass to Switch. That'd be fun. I, that, hey, this is my, <laughs> that's, my, that's my Hail Mary prediction for there this direct coming up for, or coming up for Friday. Um, Horizon Chase Turbo is a retro-style racer, like, from the, uh, from the 90s, you know, mid to late, mid to late 90s. Um, we'll just say, you know, yeah, mid to late 90s that you'd play at an arcade somewhere. Um, it's a retro style and it has retro looking graphics and colors and the soundtrack, but it's done in modern graphics. And so even though it looks retro, it's not all pixelated. That's what I mean by that. Beautiful art style, great soundtrack. Um, you really feel fast. Horizon Chase Turbo, the, the, the word uh, turbo in there matters. I mean, that's the thing you did. That's the reason you couldn't really get yeah. behind this game, Jay. It was going too fast for you. You were like, it hurt my eyes. You were like, oh, I'm too old for this. Give me my uh, Donkey Kong and my yep. cart and just, that's, uh, yeah, I'm going to go like 10 need. miles an hour. Yep. Throw a banana while I'm at hey, it. Hey, <laughs> Donkey Kong goes faster than that. Um, this is a fantastic game from a great developer. Um, it plays buttery, you know, buttery smooth on the Switch. It just, it looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. Um, a lot of fun, multiple tracks, uh, different kind of cars, all with different kinds of powers and 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 whatnot. Um, it, it's just it's an amazing game. It's totally worth twenty dollars. Uh, but right now for five ninety nine, you can get it for a steal on the Switch. You can get this on Switch, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and Steam. So it's everywhere. Um, but I would and, and I will say it, it it looks great on all consoles. Uh, period. So whatever console you have, it's worth picking up. Um, Maybe put it on your wish list if you're not sure. Get it when it's on sale. Um, it's totally worth twenty dollars in my opinion. Um, amazing game. I, I just I don't know what else to say to say go buy it now other than go buy it now for six dollars. Go buy it now on Switch. It looks great in handheld. Looks gorgeous on the big screen. Um, fun game. Really really fun game. So we've uh, put a lot of time into it. Me and Caleb have, and so a lot of fun there. I haven't. Jay, like not I said, so much. it hurts my eyes. He's it an hurts old man. my head. Yeah. He's, a, he's an old man. So, anyway. Uh, Jay, that's going to wrap up tonight's show. We uh, put everything in there. and We did, yeah. Yeah. Which we talked about. I got on my soapbox about pre-order bonuses not coming to the United <laughs> States. <laughs> right. Like, I wish they were. Uh, talked but about Emperor we, Palpatine and George yeah. Lucas ruining my movies. Okay, not ruining, but changing some key elements. I still think he ruined the, the ending of Return of the Jedi. I'm just going to say that right now. Because I want my, I, I, I like that old music. It. It oh, one me. more thing about Star Wars. Um, we haven't seen, at least me, I haven't seen Empire Strikes Back in a while. So um, I was gonna say no spoilers, but it's Empire Strikes Back. Everybody's yeah, seen whatever. it. Whatever. Um, when Luke gets his hand cut off, um, and then you know that whole scene, and then when he says, right. "I'm your father," and he, you know, no, Does no, that no, catch no. you by surprise, like, dude, no. It's his dad. The thing for me is. 
the scream or the cry or whatever oh you call gosh. it that Luke does when no. he's saying no. No. <laughs> it's not true. No. It's impossible. And his voice is just so annoying in that scene. And I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was hilarious. I haven't seen it in a while, so <laughs> I didn't remember it. So I you thought don't it was remember really all funny. the whining Mark Hamill did in episode four? I do remember the whining he does, but... Luke, I need you to go work on those <laughs> droids. But I was going to go... Yeah. Yep. Hang out with my friends. Every time. A lot of whining. But you know where he gets it from. You watch episodes Anakin. two and three, not one, but two and three, and you see, especially especially two, episode two. Oh, episode two's Oh, my bad. gosh. Yeah. His whining. <laughs> His whining. I mean, Luke comes by it honestly, yeah. but it's still not as bad. Yeah, that's all, though. Just wanted to point that out. I thought it was funny. Yeah, we literally, <laughs> this this pivotal point in the movie, this re- this grand revelation, you know, and we're looking at each other like, Really? <laughs> Hey, no disrespect to Mark one. Hamill, though. He's great. I love Mark Hamill. In fact, I follow him on Twitter, and I love half the stuff that he does. Or not, I say half. I love a lot of stuff that I see that he does, and he's funny, and his voice acting is great, and he's just, I don't know. He's a good sport. He's a good sport. Um, so, really like it. All right, that's going to wrap up the Anyways. show for us tonight. Um, be sure, let me remind you, you can find links to everything we talked about in the show notes. So, links to these games, different articles, whatnot, and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, that's it. I feel like I forgot something right there, and I'm looking at my Maybe. show notes saying I don't see it. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at DadsGC. Uh, we'll post links on there when we find games that are on sale and things like that. So it's a good way to stay up to, uh, stay up to up beat. To date. I was going to say up to date. But I meant uh, I said up to beat. Anyway, up to date with us, as well as Facebook.com and Dad's, uh, Dad's Gaming Corner. I'm really losing it here at the end of the show. It's like I'm going <laughs> downhill. Like, what am I saying? Yeah. Maybe it's um, better we just... I don't know. There we go. There Boom. we go. Show. Enjoy it. See Make y'all sure later. you email us at heydaddadsgamingcorner.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That greatly uh, that helps us a lot. We greatly appreciate it. Man, I need to end this now. Like, I don't know what's going on with my words here. Uh, Till next week. Till next week. <laughs> y'all stay safe. We'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>